1: Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell.
0: And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast with Lee and Kevin. Kevin, how are you?
1: Doing good, man. How about yourself?
0: I can't complain. The Seahawks had three picks in the 2021 NFL Draft. I'm going to screw that up several times, by the way, if I say the year throughout the show. But uh, I, I thought they did well. We'll get into that each pick in just a minute. But what did you think about the draft? Did you like the way they did the draft with the, the, the fan coming up and sitting in the chair? And it was like that was the pick. And then uh, the, having all the fans beyond like the fence in Cleveland in the big parking lot. It seemed it seemed kind of cool the way they did it. But what did you think?
1: I liked it. I thought it was cool to get the fans involved. Because, I mean, last year was such a... Who knows? I don't think anybody really knew what to do, and
0: I don't even remember or, it. To be I don't either.
1: I mean, I just know it wasn't live. I, other than that, I really don't know. And then I like the uh, the second day when they got the you know the fans of the year for each team up there to to make a pick, and I I like that. I thought it was pretty cool. I like that atmosphere with um, you know, the fans cheering and the crazy guys. That you know, that Captain Seahawk was there, and and. Uh, <laughs> That was pretty cool. Of course, I've seen him at games, too, around the, around the country, but uh, that was pretty cool.
0: I think one of my favorite parts was when the, the guy from the Texans came up to do the pick, and he gave that story about his, this is probably, what, day three, maybe? I don't remember. Day two or day three. It wasn't first round. But uh, he came up to do the pick for the Texans, and he gave that story about his dad and how his dad was a big Browns fan. He was like, oh, shout out to the Browns fan. He was like, unfortunately, he got trapped by the Texans. And I was like, I don't think he meant to say, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but he probably should have the way the Texans are currently. Because they're just a freaking mess of a franchise. But I'm, I'm sure he didn't mean to say it. But, you know, NFL players don't get paid to speak. But I was like, I bet after he got done doing the pick the somebody in the organization was like, do you realize you said, unfortunately you didn't get drafted by the Browns? I um, thought it was kind of weird, but I like I like the way they did the draft. I mean, I think they tried to make Goodell a little bit more human and personable, but I don't think he is human and personable. To be honest, he gets booed for a reason. Um, what did you think about Goodell doing the draft?
1: It's funny, my wife goes. Why do they still boo Gadell? I'm like, the fans hate him. I said, but the <laughs> owners love the guy. He makes yep. them all kinds of money. So it's just, it's a weird contradiction because, you know, it is what it is. But he is, he is not a very, um, just not a very personable guy. Like he said, you know, it's he's all business. He, he tries to be, but he's just not. Even even when the guys come up to. You know he tries to be cordial with them and crack a joke with them, like yeah, thanks, dude. Give me my jersey, take a picture. Let's <laughs> let's go eat.
0: Yeah, pretty much that's it. Um, I so that the draft overall wasn't a surprise with the first two picks. Uh, Lawrence went to the Jaguars and Zach Wilson went to the Jets, I guess. And so uh, Trey Trey Lance went to the Forty ers with the third pick, and we knew that was going to happen, but. I mean that's a big risk for the Forty ers right? Because Lance seems like a decent human being, and he seems like he's capable of making a lot of athletic throws. But they spending a number one draft pick on that guy. That's a that's a risk. Yeah,
1: yeah, that ain't the happiest guy for that pick had to be Garoppolo because he knows he's <laughs> gonna he's gonna be the starter. I mean, I don't I don't see. I don't see any way Trey Lance starts for the 49ers next year. I just don't see it. And I I don't – I'm kind of glad they picked him over, um, you know, the other two guys just because, I don't know, I I think he's the least polished of them all, the least proven. Um, Yeah, I just – we'll see. I don't know. I I don't – it seemed like kind of a – a uh it is a risky pick i mean that's uh they're gonna have to pay that guy a lot of money and i just for some reason the guy the name in my head just keeps sticking blake bortles but i don't know i mean <laughs> who knows who knows he could be the greatest player you know, he could be the next uh, hall of famer out of san francisco or you know he could uh he could be nothing but time will tell
0: yeah i uh so the way i I saw it was that they thought Jimmy Garoppolo was, and this is probably a well, well uh, common thought, thought. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo is basically the twenty twenty one version of Alex Smith when he was in Kansas City, and that Patrick Patrick Mahomes is Trey Lance. Um, but I, I mean, the thing with Mahomes is he had a lot more experience in college, and he also played, even though he didn't play great defenses, he also had more experience playing against higher-level caliber talent that could transition to the NFL. Whereas at North Dakota State, no offense, I mean, Carson Wentz went to North North Dakota State, and he has worked out or not worked out, depending on your opinion. But um, Trey Lance, yeah, I mean, he has all the intangibles. He has all the athletic skill. I just don't see him as, like, a guy who's definitely – I don't see him as far along as Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz was a surprise from North Dakota State. And Trey Lance might be the next coming of Patrick Mahomes, but I don't even know if he's ready to start in 2022 if he doesn't play that much in 2021. So then you're looking at 2023, and I don't, I don't think that helps the the 49ers. Uh, and why the Panthers didn't... Anyway, that's a whole different ballgame. But but I, yeah, I think it's a huge risk because they traded up to get him, and then they had a okay draft overall after that, I think. But... Man, that's a that's a huge risk. He's either going to be great, or he's going to be a bust, and not yeah. be with the team. And the team's going to be set back. Hopefully for them, because I'm a Seahawks fan for the next five years.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I, I, I think the guy that, my guy that made out great and, and got picked to the right team was Mac Jones. I mean, I, to the Patriots because he's he's a pocket passer. There's not many pocket-passing teams in the NFL. The Patriots are one of them if, you know, if they continue their thing. you know, He could be the next Tom Brady. I don't know. But um, I think he's – out of all those guys that got picked, those QBs that got picked, I think he, he was very, very fortunate to go to the team that he did based on the, the system that they run and his, his, uh, his talents.
0: I agree 100%. Yeah, I thought that was a perfect pick for the Patriots. Even if Trey Lance had been there, I think they should have picked Mac Jones. Just because, yeah. like you said, he's he's a perfect fit for their system. And, and you know, he's one of the Alabama guys. Of the 32 first-round picks, 48 of those guys were Alabama picks. I don't know. if you know <laughs> Right. That. But, I mean, the Patriots picked their first two picks for Alabama guys. I thought that was – I thought they had a really good draft. I'm not a Patriots fan by any stretch, but I thought they had a really good draft. And I thought picking Matt, Mac Jones was just like a no-brainer. I We talked about this last time, but I really don't get the the people who are down on Mac Jones. I mean, yeah, so he doesn't have the athletic ability to run outside the tackles for a first down. He's not going to do that. But, hey, Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl, right? And he doesn't exactly. do that either. So, And, and Bill Belichick and, and those guys are going to get the best out of Mac Jones. I think it's a great pick. He he won't start next year because they signed cam newton but he'll start 2022 and they'll be fine for a long long time so as far as each seahawks pick they went second round they went with a receiver i to me they had three needs coming into the draft if they only had three picks they ended up with four at one point then went back to three so they ended up with the three picks i thought they needed a third receiver option or three third option at receiver they needed a cornerback at least depth at cornerback and they needed offensive line help. And I thought that's what they drafted. And I really like I really like all the picks that they got. I think they might have gotten a, a steal in the sixth round with Stone Forsythe at tackle. He's not going to start next year. He doesn't need to. But maybe by 2022, 2023. You know, he's big enough. If he has the right coaching, he could be a starter. Bleacher Report had him as a first or second round pick. I don't know if that's the case, but maybe he'll end up being really good. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, I thought... They they wanted a slot guy first. I you know, he they don't need Josh Gordon anymore. Antonio Brown was already signed by the Buccaneers. I thought Eskridge was a really solid pick. I didn't know who they were gonna pick, but I thought he was really solid.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I like I like I like Lewis Riddick a lot at ESPN and he he said um, he really likes him. He said he's a speedster. He's gonna you know, he's gonna beat guys and yeah, you yeah, know, I'm kind of a, a big receiver guy. He's not a big receiver, but hey, I think he's a he's a great pick. I I'm really kind of surprised that the Seahawks actually picked all three picks where they were supposed to. I mean, when when was the last time they did that?
0: <laughs> never. And, not yeah. since 2010, never anyway. Yeah.
1: And the o- the only I was I, I'm glad they picked this this the uh the positions they needed too. Right? That was fantastic. The only thing that I'm a little uh, and I mean, I'm not a a uh, a coach or a you know a general manager in the NFL, but that Creed Humphrey kid, boy, I think uh, he could he he will be a um a good center for a long time, and you know possible as one of my buddies said, possible Hall of Famer. But I, I that was to be the only thing that I would have you know possibly maybe liked to have seen different was pick him at that uh, at that first pick. But, hey, Eskridge is good. We'll see.
0: Yeah, and it takes uh, it takes some of the pressure off Metcalf and Lockett because of Eskridge's speed. Um, I still think Ethan Posick might end up being okay at center. I mean, he he played, as we've talked about, um, first third of the season last year. He was really good, and then he got hurt, and then he came back, and he wasn't as good. I still think that was his first year at center in the NFL. He played it in college a little bit. I still think he might be okay, and I'm okay with him the offensive line as is it's to me, it's better than it was last year. And I think it's good enough, but yeah, I mean, picking a, picking a center who has the potential to be really, really good for a long time. um, That would have been a smart pick as well. But if Posick works out, he's still a young guy. If Posick works out this year. He could also be the starting center for a long time. I don't know why people, I think people dislike Posick because of the way he started his career, which was the fact that, he isn't strong enough, really, to be a tackle or a guard. I think he's smart enough and has the ability to be a center, and I think that's his natural position, kind of like what Justin Britt ended up being. I think he could be okay. I mean, this year we'll have, if he ends up being terrible, then, you know, we're talking next year, and it's like, man, they blew it on the Creed Humphrey thing because they should have taken him instead of hadn't Posick, but they can fix that in another, another area. I think the, I think it was good to, that they chose Eskridge And I think he he, not only does he add speed at third receiver, I think he's also going to return kicks. And I think that's because D.J. Reed did really well returning kicks, but now he's become way too valuable as a cornerback to have him returning kicks. So I think that was a smart move. Um, Trey Brown, I thought the Seahawks did two things with their first two picks. They went because of the way 2020 was all messed up they went with mature players who they kind of knew what they were going to get, but they also went with really fast players. So Trey Brown being the cornerback who can play outside or inside theoretically, I thought that was a great pick in round four. And even Pete Carroll afterwards was like, no, we're, we're playing him outside. If he can't play outside, maybe we'll move him in, but he's always played outside and he's been really good. So what did you think about the Trey Brown pick?
1: Yeah. I like that pick. I like any, you know, anybody from Oklahoma, Alabama, that type of thing is, is good with me. He's a, he's a fast dude. He's, he, um, he he's just, he's a good, good player. And like you said, he can play inside outside. I think he played a lot at nickel, but um, I mean, I, and he, he doesn't care where he wants to play. He'll play wherever he has to play. And um, I think he's happy with being with the Seahawks too. You know, you know, a lot of these guys are just happy to be in the NFL, but a lot of them, you know, they want to go to teams they want to go to. But I think uh, I think he's pretty happy, you know, being where he is.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, because I'm a Seahawks fan. But if I at my old age and, and short stature and lack of speed got chosen by like the Cardinals, I'd be like, OK, I'll go to the Cardinals. But, you know, I'd rather have it. <laughs> but um, I have to go shave some parts of my body. So we'll be right back after this.
1: This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. The new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who've trusted Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to to ensure your testes are safe as possible. Uh, one suggestion I'll make is when you're um, in the sack area, make sure you use that guard because uh, you don't want to uh, you don't want to cut any of the nether regions down there. So, what makes this trimmer different from all the other trimmers? A new multi-function on-off switch can engage a travel lock, created for people who like to travel. Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four, as I mentioned earlier, better use that. And looks wise, it's sleek and two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a high foil stamped black chrome Manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. The optimized Lawn Mower 4.0 is waterproof so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. And my wife appreciates that. Then I mentioned wireless charging. The Lawnmower 4.0 new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length length last longer. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Get 20% off free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth And your balls will thank you. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with code Fansided20 at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com, and use code Fansided20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tool for the job with Manscaped.
0: I just, what's the issue? Why they hate Europe? I guess Uh, I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> Coronavirus? Oh, that didn't start in Europe, though. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. So the LED spotlight seems pretty cool, actually. That's, that does seem pretty cool. Oh, interesting. It,
1: it actually is. I mean, yeah, it's it gets a little dark down there. You got to see what you're doing. But
0: heck, yeah, that's yeah. the shadowy area for me. That's right. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit. I, I you know, since COVID hit, I, I've gained a few pounds, so I, I need the light as much light as possible. <laughs> So uh, as far as positions and the way they look for the Seahawks, ironically speaking, um, after the draft, I mean, coming into the draft again, you know, I mentioned, I think, thought they needed a third receiver. I thought they needed depth at cornerback, and I thought they needed offensive line help. Are there any glaring positions that you see that, that you think, hey, you know what? The Seahawks really need this. Or is it like anything they get, like Richard Sherman, for instance, is just like, Oh, you know, I'll take that. That's good. But is there anything they have to have at this point?
1: I, I think they got it. I mean, we we talked last couple shows about, you know, we're we have the benefit of going into this draft saying, "Hey, we don't, you know, we're looking pretty good. We don't need anybody to come in and and uh, fill a position and start start first day. But they did fill the positions they need. I mean, the things that that you mentioned that we needed, you know, receiver, cornerback, offensive lineman. That's what they got. So – and I think they've got it. you know, they're going to sign a bunch of undrafted free agents and, and, you know, see if anybody makes. And as you know, the Seahawks have a history of uh, some pretty good undrafted free agents making pretty damn good careers. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But as far as missing links, I don't think we have any. I think we've got a – um a plethora of good talent to choose from and and um as long as everybody stays healthy i think we'll be all right
0: yeah i agree i think i think one thing they did with getting or staying to only three picks was it kind of open them up for more undrafted free agents and for some reason this year it just seemed like there were a ton of pl- really good players that could be undrafted free agents like the receiver from florida state they got i mean i I think there's a lot of guys who could make the team who are undrafted free agents. It seemed seemed almost it was a weird year because, you know, they didn't have a lot of tape on players, even, you know, top five conference players because of the, the shortened season. And then you had players opting out even into that season. And then you had teams like Trey Lance taking taking a chance on a player who didn't really play, if any at all, in 2020. And then you had players who played who almost seemed to get hurt by the fact that they played and maybe played on a bad team like like Terry from Florida State, who it was like, well, maybe he should have just opted out because his film was good enough to get him drafted, actually drafted instead of an undrafted free agent. It's such a weird year. But I thought what the Seahawks have done with their undrafted free agents is really good. We'll see how many make the team. But it's smart the way they it was actually I'll say it is near genius the way they approach the draft because they didn't overspend on their draft picks. So they kept that cap space. Yes, they have to sign some undrafted free agents, but they're less costly than draft picks. And the players they got as undrafted free agents, they had John Schneider and Pete Carroll at the end of the draft. They had to be thinking, are you, are you serious? We got all these players we can sign. Cause there is a ton of talent as you pointed out left. But, um, you know, so if if we're looking at free agents, as far as those who are still available, you have players like Richard Sherman. Um, I'm looking at NFLTradeRumors.com, which is actually a pretty good site. So the first, the highest ranked free agent who's still available, they have is Sheldon Richardson. He's played for the Seahawks. He's not coming back. But there is a bunch of players like Russell Okung, who's a former Seahawk, who's still available. I don't think they need a tackle, but if Okung is will, willing to come in at like a very decreased rate, he's needs great depth. If not even a starter, you know, because Brandon Schultz is going to get hurt. Eric Fisher is another t- tackle. Again, he, the Seahawks are probably not going to bring him in. But you've got Richard Sherman out there. You've got Justin Houston. Um, Olivier Vernon is still out there. Austin Ryder, for instance, of the, of the Chiefs is a center. Seattle could bring him in and just give him competition for POSIC and he's not going to cost very much. That may be something they do. But one player that intrigues me is Richard Sherman, two players, I should say, Richard Sherman and K.J. Wright, both former Seahawks. K.J. Wright, the fact that he's still out there is a crock of crap, if you if you ask me. Some team should have signed him. And I don't know if maybe when he goes to talk to another team, they're like, you know what? You're kind of a Seahawk for life. We don't really want to offer you this much because we don't we think Seahawks will match it. So he doesn't get any offers or whatever. He needs to come back to see the Seahawks next year, even though Jordan Brooks is worthy of being a starter because that def- the defense is only better with KJ, right? Especially the way he works off Bobby Wagner. But Richard Sherman, they don't have a... They don't have a shutdown guy. Richard Sherman was injured last year. So what you have to go off 2020 is not the same. He's still a a very good to great cornerback. Neither of those guys are going to cost more or very much. They still have cap space they can spend. So do you, first of all, KJ Wright, does he come back to Seattle? Secondly, Richard Sherman, does he end up coming back to Seattle or does he get offered just a bunch of money that Seattle's never going to match from another team?
1: I don't, I don't really foresee anybody offering him a bunch of money just because, I mean, he was injured last year. He is at the end of his career and you now he says he wants to play two more years. KJ, right. I agree. I mean, we, has anybody offered him anything? I mean, his, and what is, is he want a lot of money? I mean, I don't understand John Clayton
0: says he's just going to take a, basically what's a veteran veteran minimum at this point. I've seen the, the Cowboys were interested and then they weren't. It perplexes me. He's a very good uh, linebacker. Still. There's nothing he in
1: 2020 that
0: detracts from him.
1: No. Did, did he originally say he wasn't going to take a home team discount or something like that, but that's
0: what he said. But now maybe he has to, if he wants to come back.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, if he, if it's, I mean, he's he's worth more than the minimum, but um, you know if they can get him for that. And then the Sherman deal—I saw something. Was it Sherman that said it that he talked to Pete Carroll Saturday, and Pete told him we don't need another cornerback or right now? I'm like, well, that's—I don't, I don't necessarily yeah, agree I mean, with that. But
0: yeah, and I'm not sure that's. Uh, there's so much out there that I, I saw true. where the Seahawks were still <laughs> interested. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I like both those guys, and I, you know, as far as like Sheldon Richardson, those guys. I no, I mean, unless you're going to come in for, you know, the 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 minimum, and even that's a lot of money. But you know, to me at least, <laughs> but um,
0: I mean, you know, I make three million dollars in my day job. There's no way I'm taking, uh, you know, a pay cut. No, no,
1: exactly. But I mean, there's a lot of young players, and you you, know, you can look at some of these these young guys coming up and, and see how they do, you know, over the next couple of months. And, and, um, you know, if you need a Sheldon Richardson, if somebody goes down, I just don't think we need anybody. I don't think we need that position. You know what I mean? I think we're, we're pretty good at that position, but, um, you know, Kuhn, he's, he's, uh, he's intriguing. Um, you know, he knows the system. Um, but again, I think Forsyth's gonna be a good player. I mean, he you know, he, he played offensive line in a pretty tough uh pretty tough conference and played very well. What did he have? Gave up what two sacks and five hundred and thirteen pass play. Like dude, right. that's ridiculous. Yep. playing in the SEC against the likes of Alabama and and uh you know those guys, I'm like, geez, but anyways.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's why it could be a steal because he's played against really high-level competition in college, and a lot of those players are going to transition to being really good NFL players. And he's got a huge size. I think he could easily gain thirty pounds with an NFL weight program. So I don't, I don't get it. I mean, maybe he doesn't have quick feet, but all that technique can be taught by a good offensive line coach. And I think, I think Solari is a good offensive line coach. So I think well, a and steal. that's what he even.
1: That's what he even said. He goes, I, I, "I'm big. I, you can't teach size," he said. And I've got the size. Anything else, you know, we could learn, but you can't teach size, which is true.
0: <laughs> that's right. I mean, I wish I was six nine through fifteen. I mean, you <laughs> know. So, but anyway, that's our that's our show. We'll tune in. You know what's going to happen right after the show? As we always talk about, the Seahawks are going to make us make an announcement that uh, that. um Richard Sherman has signed with Seattle. Some, some big signing will happen either tonight or tomorrow. And then next week we'll be like, oh, remember a week ago when this happened? It's kind of old news now. But that's what they do. But as always, Kevin has the last two words.
1: Go Hawks.